time to be with my son and I know just a little bit about what my heavenly father feels of how he longs to be with his children he longs for us to come and enter into his presence and spend time there at his feet and in his word and in prayer he longs for that God loves you he wants you to draw near to him this morning would you do that? Will you stand to your feet this morning and let's let our Heavenly Father know how much we love Him and how much we adore Him and how thankful we are for Him and His love that He made a way for us to be reconciled to Him through Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. He's worthy, church, this morning of our highest praise. Won't you just enter in to His presence this morning as we pray and as we worship today. Hallelujah. Father, we love you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're our Father, Lord, our Heavenly Father. And we honor you not only on this Father's Day, but every day, God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving your Son to die for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, oh, for the promises, the precious promises that you give us, Lord. Oh, mighty God, we invite you to have your way in our service this morning, Lord. Let your glory fall fresh. Let this be the day, Lord God. Oh, that lives are changed forever in your presence, Lord. Let your glory fall fresh in the house of the Lord today, God. Oh, Father, fill us afresh with your spirit today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
to sing, but we just have um, just three, three people just the Lord put on my heart just to pray for accelerated healing. So we're going to keep singing, and Pastor Todd's going to go and anoint them with oil. And if you're near these people, you, you can, you know, gently pray. But um, just, just accelerated healing. These are three that have kind of, they've gone through the operations. They, we're going to believe God for accelerated, complete, no setbacks, but better healing than even the doctors expected. Amen? So let's just continue to worship the Lord as this is we do. Go ahead and sing the song.
put on my heart, but anyone wants to use your faith, the anointing's on Pastor Todd. I'm going to let him pray a general prayer for everyone that needs a touch physically, emotionally, spiritually. So you might be here today, and maybe you weren't one of the three that God put on my heart, but you want to believe God for a miracle. You want to believe God for your healing. You want to reach out and use your faith and ask God to touch you right now as he prays. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, you have a need, you have a need. Just lift it up before the Lord right now. He's here this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, that you're our healer, Lord. Father, we thank you that you're here today, Lord. Father, we pray that you would release that anointing, God, right now, Father, in this place this morning. Every need, every healing, God. Father, we pray that you would move right now by your spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We speak healing in the name of Jesus, Lord. Every need, Lord, every physical ailment, Lord God, whatever it is, Lord, every pain, God, we speak to it. Every sickness, every disease, Lord God, every hindrance, Lord, even now, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We speak the minds today, Lord, that you would restore. Lord God, even now, Father, there's back pain, God. Let it go right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Right now, right now, right now, that pain in that shoulder, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Receive it, receive it, receive it, healing. God, right now, Father, top of his head to the bottom of his feet, Lord God, we pray that you'll touch him, Lord, that you'll heal him, Lord, that you'll minister, release your anointing right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We speak life, we speak strength, we speak wholeness, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of of Jesus in the name of Jesus this morning healer 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 his name is Jesus receive it in the name of Jesus he Lord God, even now, Lord God, and that you would begin to minister to that place that hurts, Lord, that place that hurts this morning, that had been hiding, that nobody sees it, but God, you see it today, you see it today, you see it today, you're ministering to that spot today, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Healing, 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 healing. Can we just praise Him in this place this morning? 
up a song to him today. Hallelujah. He's worthy of our praise this morning. Lift your hands right where you're at. Begin to praise him. Begin to thank him. Hallelujah. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. good to us. Yes, he is. Praise the Lord. Amen. My microphone's oily. Amen. It's a good oil. It's a good oil. Amen. It's a good oil. Amen. You know, there were days back in the, the great tent meetings, signs and wonders, and God, one, one of the signs God did, sometimes everyone started getting oil on their hands. It was just a strange thing. The display is glory. Many people got healed. And I remember Brother Shambach saying, no, no, I was there at that meeting, Joe. Yeah, I was there. He said, I wasn't even part of it. I was the afternoon speakers. I was outside doing something else. But even my hands, I said, what in the world? I, wasn't. I mean, God can move any way he wants. Amen? We just want God to move as we need God. I don't know about you. I need him. I need him big time. Amen? I need him more than I needed him before. Amen. Well, good morning. Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. Good to see everybody in God's house. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. Sometimes it's just not wise to follow the script. Amen. 
You have your Bibles, if you would turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We'll glean our Father's Day message from there. And this has been our, the book of the Bible we've been studying of, as of late. I want to talk about three tools of a father. Three tools of a father. So 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, beginning with verse 9. Beginning with verse 9. And the Bible says, Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. And you are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy and righteous and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and into his glory. Three tools of a father. Father, we thank you for another wonderful day to serve you and to seek you, to worship you, to gather in your name. Speak to us, Lord, especially the men. Help us to be able to learn from this text and apply it to our lives and live it out for your glory. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Three tools of a father. Happy Father's Day, men. May the Lord richly bless you on this special day. Now, our title, Three Tools of a Father, because you know men are builders. Men are builders. You need to know what you're building, and you need to know what tools you're using, but you're building something, and let's build something good. Can you say amen? We're going to walk through our four verses right here in First Thessalonians, but before we get there, let me express God's heart towards his men this morning. Men, I want you to remember this thought. God wants to be a father to you so he can be a father through you. You say that again. God wants to be a father to you because he wants to be a father through you. That's the heart of God. See, it's more than just being able to say God is my father, but it's allowing him to be a father to you. That's the desire of his heart. You know, if you grew up in Pentecostal circles, one of the first verses you learn after John 3, 16, at least back in the old Italian places, 2 Corinthians 6 and 17, that says, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Amen? They said, once you get saved, then stop living like the world and live like a godly person. Amen? And that's there, right? Isn't that right? And that's there. But you know, the next verse, God calls us there to separation and devotion. But then the next verse, he reveals the reason or the desire behind that command. He says, and then I will receive you and I will be a father to you. And you'll be my sons and you'll be my daughters. So it says, if you'll walk with me, if you'll put me first in your life, then I can be to you what I desire to be to you. Then I can, um, I can rule in your life and minister in your life and I can relate to you. And the way I yearn to relate to you as a father does to his son. It's the desire of his heart to be a father to us. And it's the delight of the spirit to show us how to walk in this wonderful gift from God. It's the delight of the spirit to make this truth real to us. Romans 8 and 15, for example. The Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit in one of his ministries. is that he allows us and helps us to grasp this truth and live out this relationship. Romans 8 and 15, you've not received. Now, the spirit you've received doesn't make you a slave again to fear. But you live 
By the Spirit you've received and you were brought about your adoption to sonship by which we cry, Abba, Father. Let me read it like this. You received not a spirit of a slave when you got saved, but you've received a spirit of sonship. And by that Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. It's by the Spirit of God in us that helps us to relate to God as Daddy, as Father, as Papa. You see, the Spirit produces an awareness of this reality in our life. The Holy Spirit wants to help you to relate to God in this way. For it's one of the greatest works and ministries of the Holy Spirit is helping us to see and relate to God as a heavenly Father. To see Him as someone loving, caring, an approachable Father that that wants to walk with us, not so much uh, not a detached and disinterested, overly stern deity, but a Father who wants to walk with us and commune with us and speak into our lives and guide us and help us to grow to be solid sons of God. God is saying to us this morning, man, I want to be a father to you. I want to be the one that you can, number one, confide in. I want you to be able to talk to me. You can trust me. You you, you can share your concerns with me. I'm a wonderful counselor and I'm the most faithful of friends, saith the Lord. And I'll guide you in the way that is best, in the way that is good. And if you'll seek me, I'll make sure I'll let you find me. And if you'll call upon me, even in the midst of the hardest seasons of life, I will answer you. Man, you've got a heavenly father. What a comforting thought. It's not all up to you. There is one you can turn to. There is one you can talk to. There is one you can trust in. Yes, you can depend on him to fight this battle with you. Someone that will be there again and again. Never failing. Never forsaking. He'll guide you through the often unforeseen and unexpected and challenging paths that we all have to take. And let's put it this way. Nobody can coach you up like Jesus. I'll tell you that much. Amen. Man, you want someone to talk to. Someone to get influence from. Someone to give you direction direction in your life, someone to correct you when you need correction, and someone to encourage you when you need encouragement, then I say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. God said, I'll be a father to you if you let me. You know, you, you, can, you, you can be a father but not have a relationship with your sons. And too many Christians walk in that, that, that level. And God says, no, no, I want a better level, a better level. Confide in me. Confide in me. Talk to me. You don't have to be confused like so many of this age. Not when you have access to the greatest of all counselors and comforters. Oh, my man, I want to bless you as the Father blesses his only son. So confide in me. And not only confide in me, but cast your cares on me. Cast a burden on me. I'm your burden bearer. That thing doesn't have to beat you up and weigh you down and wear you out. You have a burden bearer, one that is to be the source of your strength. You don't have to carry that burden alone if you learn to bring it to me and cast it upon me. You have a heavenly Father so that when others are looking to you, you can look to me, saith the Lord. And you can know that I am there. The arms of him who holds the universe will hold you. They're available not only to battle with you, but to carry that burden, to help you face that challenge. He calls us to take it to the Lord, put it into his care, entrust that need to him. He'll carry the load. Oh, the Bible is so wonderful how often it says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he'll sustain thee. 
He'll help you. He'll be the strength you didn't know you have. You'll find a grace and a strength in Jesus Christ that you never dreamed you had. You can prevail. You can overcome. You can walk this life regardless of what path you're forced to take. When you're walking with Jesus, you're going to be the victor. You're going to be the overcomer if you learn to trust and confide in him and cast your burden upon him. God said, I'll make you like that Timex. You might take a licking, but you're going to keep on ticking. Amen. Because I'm going to give you strength that you never had. But you've got to do that. And God says this morning, no more excuses about how lousy your dad was. It's time to get right with the Heavenly Father and be a new creature. Can you say amen? Says, confide in me, man. Before you talk to every other person, some aren't even saved, confide in me. Before you let life just wear you down and beat you up, learn to cast that care and trust in my strength and my guidance to lead your life. And above all, learn to come close to me. He desires relationship. Not just knowledge, but a relationship and a communing and a fellowship. Learn to meet with me. The Father says, learn to draw close to me. Don't treat me like a 911. Again, case of emergency, break glass. God says, don't treat me like that. I want to walk with you. I want a relationship of dailiness with you. Don't act like a stranger when you're a son. <laughs> don't be afraid. I'm good. Be still and know that I am God. Come close to me. Because when you come close to me, something transpires. There's something that is transferred. There's a transaction that is made in the presence of the Lord. When you learn to do that daily, something wonderful takes place daily. God the Father expresses his heart to his sons, to all of his children. He says, confide in me and cast your cares on me. And come close to me. Walk with me. Because I want to impact your life. I want to put some things in your life that you can't get anywhere else. And I want to instill some things in your life. That means gradually. I want to do a daily work in you. As you meet with me daily, I'll touch you daily. I want to um, um, impact you and instill you. And I want to reveal some things to you. I want to show you some things that you don't know. I want to show you some things about yourself. I want to show you some things about me and the great and living God. I want to reveal some things to you that will transform your life and make you fresh in your understanding oh he says come draw near to me that I might impact you and I might instill some glorious things in you that I might reveal myself and reveal some things about yourself to you and that I might not only reveal but I might remove some things that are tormenting you and weighing you down and beating up on your soul for in my presence there is a healing cleansing power and you can tap into it when you practice the presence of the Lord when you make a daily habit of drawing near to this great God, this wonderful God that says I'll be like a heavenly father and if you learn to draw near to me, not only will I impact you and instill not only will I reveal things to you, but I'll remove things from you, I'll take away that scar, I'll remove that hurt I'll reach deep down and do something powerful in your life if you'll just take the time and make the effort to seek me and draw near to me and come close to me. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
You know what it is. You want to feel the heart of the Father. It's like trying to get through to a son that doesn't want to listen. It's like trying to get through to a son that won't respond to the call of love. You feel so helpless. Because all your riches and all your wisdom are of no avail if you won't draw near and he won't come close. In the same way, our Heavenly Father says, I've got it all. And I would love to lavish it upon my sons and my daughters. But you got to tap in. you got to draw near. Amen? you got to spend time. Glory to God. Glory to God. We'll find in the presence of the Lord, to those that are faithful in seeking Him and in drawing near to Him, we'll find that God has set apart not only a special place, but special blessings and special privileges reserved for faithful sons and daughters who will seek him and practice his presence and draw near to him consistently. There is the reward of those that diligently seek him and it's waiting for you. Hallelujah. There's the treasures of grace that are found in the secret place of the Most High if you learn to come and abide under the glorious shadow of the Almighty. For in that place, what place? The place of practicing His presence, that place of drawing near to God consistently, developing that relationship, that personal relationship with God. In that place, you'll find in there the stresses of life can be replaced by a peace of God that passes all understanding. It's divine and it's supernatural. And you can have it as you draw near to Him. You'll find in that place the bruises of life can be healed with the oil of joy that comes from the presence of the Lord. You'll know that in that place the desires of life can be satisfied by something that is real and genuine, eternal, divine, and lasting. Sons, don't act like strangers. Let the Father. Let me be a father to you so that I might be a father through you. Partake. Participate in the wonderful privileges of being a son. Are there any sons out there this morning? Amen. All right. Now, three tools of a father. That was just to get us working, but I felt that in my spirit. I felt that in my spirit. Felt that in my spirit, you see. Felt that in my spirit, you see. Don't just have a father. Let him be a father to you. Amen? You can have a father and him not be a father. Let him be a father. This great God will be a father to whosoever will. Amen? And you can cash in on those glorious blessings. All right. Three tools of a father. If we're to fulfill our heavenly purpose and calling as men, in our text, the Apostle Paul describes his ministry to the church as one of a father. And we'll see three characteristics that Paul mentions. And we're just going to walk down verse by verse. Very simple message. But we're going to start out with number one, a father's work. A father's work. We see that in verse 9. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. A father's work. We see here... The, the sacrifice and the giving nature of a father. We see this in our Heavenly Father, and He desires to see this in us. Amen? This is what we're getting at. Amen? He's our Heavenly Father, and we're to imitate Him. This is what He wants to be to us, but this is also what He wants to be through us. Amen? So number one, a father's work. You know, if you remember um, 2 Corinthians 12 and 15, Paul gives this description of a parent. He says to the church, as a parent... 
caring for his children, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. What a description of the giving, sacrificial nature of a father. Hey, our Heavenly Father gave his best, didn't he? He gave his son for us. He's given so much for us. And here a father's work speaks of he provides. He's dependable. He's durable. He's diligent. Night and day. Night and day, Paul said. We have the word toil. Some might have the word labor. That speaks of the exertion, the fatigue they incur in giving themselves. They, they, they exert to bless others, to elevate others, to help others. He says we give at it, we give out, we toil. And we face hardships. Hardships is the word that speaks of the external difficulties that we encounter in the process of being the men God's called us to be. There's an energy that we must exert. There's nothing good in the kingdom that will come to the lazy. It comes to the diligent and to the faithful. Can you say amen with me? Paul speaks, number one, of labor. A father's work includes toil or labor. You have to give out. There's energy in going the extra mile. There's energy, right? In praying, there's energy in loving, there's energy in giving, there's energy in taking the, the load and being the sacrificer. But also there's hardship because there are things in this fallen world that will try to hinder us and keep us from being the men God's called us to be. The Father's work is often opposed and resisted in this fallen world. But for others, for those God has given us, we will work. For those that we love, we will work. We'll sacrifice, we'll go the extra mile, we'll serve, and we'll take the burden upon ourselves. We'll keep building like Noah did, in the face of, in spite of. I like that, like Noah, we're just going to keep going and building. It might take time, we're going to keep going, but we know the time will come when every effort and every sweat and every sacrifice will be worth it. Are you growing weary? The devil is a liar. God says keep going. God says tap into refreshing. It will be worth it all. Like Noah for a hundred years, he's building an ark. The Bible says faith works. Somebody say faith works. Faith works. Hebrews 11, by faith, Noah built an ark, man. That's called work. Faith works, amen, for a hundred years. You know, God can give you a promise. You jump up and down, you fall down, and then after week two, you start doubting it and you backslide. All right. No, no, no. For a hundred years, Noah's beating that thing, beating those pounds, pounding those things in, amen. They're not a cloud in the sky. Everyone's just looking at them like, you crazy. But the Bible says, warned of God in holy fear, he built an ark to do what? To save his family. So we work and we labor. Men sacrifice. Men take the heavier load. Men endure the greatest. That's the role of the male. Let's get back to the Bible's role. This world don't know a girl from a guy, so we don't look to that world. They're lost. They're lost. They're lost. The president, he don't know. He's lost. He's out of touch. He's half seen now. Come on, say amen. amen. Disney's lost. Oh, it's a terrible age we live in, man. Man, this world needs you more than it's ever needed you before. I said, man, this world needs you more now than it ever needed you before. Amen. That's right. Amen. Oh. But oh, Noah, he kept building, but he knew one day. But God cannot lie. He knew one day. It was all going to be worth it all. And that ark, that labor, that work, that effort, in spite of, in the face of, 
It will save his family. It will be there when it's needed the most. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. Whew. His work. See, see, Paul worked because he loved the believers. He worked because he wanted to help them. He wanted to better them. He wanted to give and lift them up to a higher place. And this is a service in the sacrifice of our loves. God the Father worked. Amen? He worked. Jesus said, I must be about the works of the Father. Amen? I must work the works of him who sent me. Jesus worked. And our Father worked and he wants you and I to work. We're to be givers and sacrificers. To give the effort for those he's given to us. But secondly, notice his walk, his walk. Verse 10. Paul writes, you are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believe. Wow. Wow. You know, there are a lot of things, a lot of things, that are changing in this world. And some of those things we can't control, right? Some we can't. Some things we can't control. Remember the story of the mother sitting with her four-year-old boy and they're looking at an old um, picture album, right? And um, the boy points the picture of this handsome young man, dark, full hair, good build, amen? And he says, Mommy, who's that? And the mom says, she said, well, that's your father. Boy looked a bit confused. He said, hey, who's that old fat bald man that lives with us now? <laughs> Something's going to change. You just can't help it, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> some things you can help, some things you can't help. It just happened. Amen. Get a bigger shirt. Come on, say amen. Comb it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone said, that one's spiritual. Well, I'll make it spiritual. Some things you can't help. Get over it. Tell your neighbor, get over it. Get over it. You just give place to the devil, but you're not willing to get over it. If it can't be changed, bury it. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Get over it and go on in the Lord. Somebody say amen. I get stirred up preaching to men. I love preaching to men. I just, I just love men. Ladies, I hope you don't mind, but I just love preaching to men. Amen? I, mean, I just grew up around men. I just grew up athletes and military and men. I just, I'd be able to shoot it straight, call it like it is, and say, let's grow up. Let's go forward. Let's be the men God called us to be. Anybody with me? Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. His walk, his walk. Some things change, but listen, may the consistency of our character, never change. A father's walk, a father's example, a father's model is a tool in which he greatly affects and shapes those who live under his influence and under his authority. Let there be no doubt about it. It creates a climate, an atmosphere of stability and security, of peace and confidence, to those who would live under it. Let there be no doubt about it. A man's consistent walk, steady Christ-like character, it creates an atmosphere, it becomes a source of so many healthy and beneficial things to the raising of sons and daughters, to the witness of the world around us. And fathers must live so that they're good examples for their children. You know, Paul felt so confident of this in the consistency of his walk that he calls not just the Thessalonian believers as witnesses, he wasn't even afraid to call God as his witness. Look at what he says here. 
verse 10, he says, you are witnesses and so is God. Wow. Amen. That's living it. He's saying, may my spiritual children and the almighty God testify against me if I fail to live with godly integrity and godly consistency. And then he gives us three things, three characteristics of his walk. First thing he says about this walk that God desires of his father, a walk that is a good example, a walk that brings a, a stability and a comfort and a good model to those around. Number one, he says, I walked holy. How holy, holy. Now this is um, piety in the best sense of the word. This word speaks of a devout life. It's a set-apart life. Different from those that don't know Jesus. Listen, man, there's got to be a noticeable difference between the one who calls himself a Christian and the world that don't even pretend to be a Christian. Can you say amen? In reverence, in reality, in value, in speech, in lifestyle, in standards. Paul says, one way my walk was a witness. One way my walk was a good model to instruct you and to encourage you was that it was a holy walk, but secondly, it was a righteous walk. And righteous pretty much means doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord. His behavior was one of practical righteousness. That's what this word is. The practical, just doing right. That's easy enough, isn't it? Righteousness. Don't need Greek, Hebrew, Italian. Span it, whatever. You don't need any of that. Right. Righteousness. Doing what's right in the eye of the Lord. It's living out our Christian convictions in the arena of a real world. In the shop, in the neighborhood, in the ball field, on the home. It's going beyond theory. It's going beyond belief. And it's doing that which is right. The walk of God's man. Paul says it ought to be holy, it ought to be righteous, it ought to be blameless. That's an interesting one. His enemies could accuse him, but no one could level a charge against him and prove it. That's what blameless means. Blameless means nothing hidden in the closet. Nothing he was afraid would come out. Not able to find fault. He kept his word, he abided by his vows. Because he walked in purity and integrity, whether in public or in private, whether under normal conditions or when the stress and the pressure was right on top of him. In every aspect, Paul was a spiritual father, setting the standard and being a true role model for the believers to follow. And God desires each and every one of us to move into such a place of maturity in our Christian experience, somebody say amen. The days of, you look to the Lord, not to me, that's not Bible. The Bible says, follow me as I follow Christ. Over and over again. Come on, say amen. That challenges us, doesn't it? That's all right. That's what the altars are for. That's why we come to these altars. Saying, God, help me to grow. God, I still, I'm falling short here. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. A father's work, he's a provider. The sacrificing, the giving nature for others. He takes the weight, he accepts the sacrifice. A father's walk, he's a consistent model, an example of a godly life, lived out so all could see. You know, that's a great blessing. Just ask someone who didn't have it, 
And they'll tell you that's a great blessing. Just ask someone that didn't have a father that was an example and that was consistent and that was there. Oh, that's a great blessing. If you could see the, the amount of men, 300 pounds, weeping with tears because they had a father that wasn't there or a father that wasn't all that, you'd understand the importance of being there and being there consistent in Christ-like character. Come on, say amen. A father's work, a father's walk, and a father's words. A father's words, man. 11 and 12. I told you this to keep it simple today. All right, here we go. For you know how we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Isn't that wonderful? How, how does a father do this? Well, he encourages, he comforts, and he urges them to live lives worthy of God who called them. Wow. Oh, my. A man's words have great power and influence. How many know that? The Lord pressed on my heart. Tell the men, watch your words. They carry weight. They last. Work on your words and put them to good use. There's a good homework assignment. Work on your words and put them to good use. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah, that, that's a whole men's breakfast right there. Amen? Work on your words. Wow. Put them to good use. You see, because a person's words, especially a person of influence, they inspire and they shape and they build others up or they can tear others down. But it's very important that we use our words properly. That's why if you're saved, you love your Bible. Because we love God's word. That word builds me up. That word encourages me. That word gives me instruction so I can live without falling into the, into the pit. Amen? That we love the word of God because it's a good word. It's a consistent word. It's an edifying word. So it's very important that we use our words properly. Let's not send mixed messages with our speech or with our lives. I've grown up around people rough and gruff. Some of them had hearts as big as all get out, but if you weren't related, you'd never know that. You'd just think they're just a mean old, amen? They're like mixed messages. Mixed messages is what I'm saying. If you knew them, you're right. Reminds me of the story of a forest ranger had to go up in the hills, settle some boundary dispute. And he had to go up there with some old guy up in the boonies to discuss the details about what the boundary was, et cetera, et cetera. And as he's walking up this dirt road, he sees all these signs. No trespassing. Beware of dog. Trespassers will be shot. You know, not exactly the welcome wagon. You know what I mean? Amen. All right. Keep out. This means you. You know, picture of the gun. All right. Well, finally he gets there. He finally gets there. You know, so he's on high alert. You know, you can imagine, right? So he's on high alert. He's ready to go. He finally gets there. He finds this old guy. He finds a guy friendly, cooperative. Come on in, have coffee, et cetera, et cetera. And when he leaves... The man says, boy, come and see me again sometime. But you know, I don't get too many visitors up here. <laughs> no wonder with the signs you're putting out, amen. No wonder why no one's coming up here, right? There, there was, he was sending some mixed messages. I'm glad our Heavenly Father sent some clear word, amen. Clear word, yeah, yeah. So you got to watch yourself, amen. 
people can't read your mind. You know, people can't read. So you've got to express it clearly. A father's words, a father's words. Look, look at these three things Paul writes down about a father's words. I think this is important. Let me look at very quickly Ephesians 4 and 29. That'll kind of be a verse we can throw with this because I like that. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. When, when you study the word unwholesome in the scripture, it, it, you, we study it back to like um, rotten fruit. That's where the image comes from in the Greek. An apple that is rotted, fruit that is rotted. So don't let any rotten, rottenness come out of your mouth. Amen? You're a Christian. No rottenness. Do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouth. But here it is. But only what is helpful for what? Building others up. That's something. The words are to build up, not tear down. Build up according to their needs. That, that means there's got to be some kind of relationship if you're going to be speaking to people. Isn't that right? Because you've got to know their needs, right? That it may benefit those who listen. Make sure your speech is building and benefiting. That's the kind of speech God's looking for. Ah, yeah, that's good. All right, here we go. Paul said, number one, my words, my words were encouraging. They were encouraging. They were encouraging you. They were imparting strength. Give courage. They were imparting strength to you. They were helping you to believe. You know, encouragement can have great power. You know, encouragement. If you're not a natural encourager, you've got to practice encouragement. You've got to train yourself to encourage. It's just too important. Amen? You know, no, you can go around some people that they have a hard time encouraging. Everything's a lecture. And if they would have learned to encourage. I'll never forget the story. I believe it was Jerry Kramer. Jerry Kramer's in the Hall of Fame as a lineman, Green Bay Packers. And I think he talks about Coach Lombardi was a tough coach, the great Packer coach. And he said that first, um, when I got drafted, that those first practices, those first summer practices, he rode me so hard. He was on everything I did. Your footing's wrong. Your handwork is off. Kramer, you're never going to make it. How in the world did you ever get out of college? I mean, he just drilled me. He just went on me. He goes, man, after about a week of that, I'm in the locker room. I took my shower. I'm sitting on my stool, my towel, and I'm just, my head's down. I said, oh, Lord, how am I going to go home and tell my wife I can't make it in the NFL? I'm going to have to find a job. And out of nowhere comes Coach Lombardi. He walks over to me and says, Kramer, son, you keep working as hard as you're working and paying attention to your coaches. Someday not only will you be on a championship team called the Packers, one day you'll be one of the greatest linemen that ever played this game. He said in those three minutes of encouragement, everything else he said didn't matter. I got word that calls me to believe. And he did. He went on, became a champion. Something about encouragement. And men, for some of us, we weren't raised to naturally encourage. We were raised to confront and raised to correct and raised to express our feelings. God knows we could use less of that. But the Bible is full of an encouragement, isn't it? You'd read your Bible because God encourages you. And God says, like your Father in heaven encourages you, be like me. And learn to use your words, which have power, and carry great influence, especially in your sphere of influence. You practice them. I don't know what to say. Write it out. I, right? I'm giving some practical tips here. Write it out. Thank you, honey. That was a great meal. When's the last time I thanked the people at the work underneath me? Put it on your calendar. Not just on Christmas. You know what I mean? Back, you know what? You guys really knocked it out of the park. 
Sometimes Paul's saying, your kids. And instead of just, hey, why isn't that grade only an A+, plus? why isn't it an A++? Plus plus? You know, why don't we just, you know what, hey, you did a good job there. Made me proud of you. Boy, that did good. Amen? Some of you might laugh thinking it's easy, but some people grow up and that's very hard. They weren't taught to do that. See, the devil is such a wicked devil. One of the greatest powers of any human being is our words. In the beginning, God spoke power in those words. It created everything. Amen? It's the hearing of the gospel. Someone spoke that gospel that came and made us, brought us to salvation, didn't it? Power in our words. And Paul writes here, my words. One of the greatest instruments a father can have to bless his children is to understand and harness and use the power of his words to encourage them and to build them up. Let them know they're going places if they'll walk with Jesus. Amen? Let them know they've got a great God that is on their side that will never leave them and never forsake them. Let them know there's a wonderful Savior that died for them and he'll never fail them. He'll never forsake them. Let them know this great God knew them from their mother's womb. He's got a plan for their life and a purpose for their life and he'll be with them as they seek him. They can find him and walk with this great God and encourage them in who they are in Jesus. Amen? Number one, there was an encouragement. And then number two, there was, what's that next one? I can't read it. Oh, comforting. Oh, man. But sometimes we're builders and sometimes we're healers. Sometimes we're builders and sometimes we've got to be healers. Sometimes our words got to be comforting words. Yeah, it's a fallen world. But it won't always be like this. God will bring us through this. You might have fallen. We've all fallen, but the good ones, we get back up, son. We get back up. We're not perfect, but, man, we get back up. Amen? And sometimes we've got to learn. There's sometimes no time for a lecture, no time for instruction, just time to pour a little oil in the soul with our words that comfort. It's all right. It's all right. Cry your tears. Cry your tears. Then let's get back up and let's put this thing back together again. You're not alone. You're not the only one that's failed. Come on. You're not the only one that's gone through heartache and frustration and calamities. It's a terrible world, but we, we got knocked down, but we don't got to stay down. Amen. We, we got a bad report, but it doesn't have to identify us and poison us. You're not alone. We'll work it together, son. But get up, son. Get up. Get up. And even if you're blowing it. This great God is a God of a second chance. Yes, amen. He is. And if you'll make a fresh altar, he'll maybe a fresh start. Amen. Sometimes you just got to comfort. Amen. Nothing to do. Comfort, 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 comfort. You know, sometimes love just knows how to comfort. Isn't that right? Something, nothing more you can do but sit by him and comfort him. My grandfather was getting old. Sometimes he'd fall. You had the oxygen deal. You know, he had the wire going all over the house and He'd fall, and I said, Grandma, what, what happened? And when he fell, she says, well, it's too big for me to get back up. And so we'd have to wait for the mailman to come around and catch him. Come in. And what would you do until then? She goes, I'd just sit on the floor next to him. Sometimes all love can do is sit with you and encourage you and comfort you. If I could pick you up, I would. Sometimes you can't. If I could help you, I would, but I... But I can love you, and I can sit with you, and I can speak a word that, hey, we're going to get out of this together. Amen? You're not alone. It's comforting words. So Paul said, I, I encouraged them, but then I also comforted them. Hallelujah. Let me get back. I'm, I'm minding this down, but that's all right. 
Pastor Todd took care of the altar call an hour ago, so we're good. Amen. We're good. We're good. Hallelujah. We're all just flowing here. We're just, um, we're doing this thing. All right, comfort. Amen. 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 That's right. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us. And lastly, he urges them, live worthy. Live worthy. What, what words of a father urging his children on? Go forward in God. Keep believing God. Keep trusting God. Live worthy of who you are and what you've received in Jesus Christ. Live like that. Remember who you are as a Christian. And live. Live like that. Live worthy of that. So many things. I'm going to wind down. I'm going to give you three quick things here. So many things that we would like to say or remind or strongly urge our, 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 our Christian children to remember. Three things I'd want mine to remember. Number one, sons, remember and recognize eternity. Last words. Don't got a lot of time for, you know what I mean? Don't got a lot of time for how to putt. Don't got a lot of time for last words. Remember eternity. We will all face the living God one day. It's real. This life is a vapor. It's a vapor. May the words of Jesus sober us. He said, what does it profit a man to, to gain the world and yet lose his soul? And Jesus, our wonderful Savior, he urges men over and over, live with eternity in mind. Work with eternity in mind. Be ready. There will be many things and opportunities and temptations to take the shortcut, to believe the devil's lies and deceptions. They want you to forget that there is a payday someday. I say to my son, sons, remember eternity. Whatever you do, you remember that nothing, absolutely nothing, is worth missing out with Jesus. No person, no pursuit, no earthly prize. Remember eternity and honor the Almighty. You're going to live it? Live this life like you mean it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength. Don't ever be ashamed of the gospel. Be courageous and stand firm and speak up. Be bold for Jesus. Remember eternity and honor the Almighty with your life. Be bold for the Lord. This crazy world is bold for their sin and their wickedness. Come on, it's about time the church gets back a boldness for Jesus. And I say number three, not only remember eternity and not only honor the Almighty, live out your destiny. Sons, live out your destiny. Your life's not an accident. Don't live like it's one. Let there be no regrets at the end of your days. But follow God's path and plan and pursue his purpose for your life. Pay the price, whatever it is, to do what God has called you to do. And I close with the words from Dr. Stephen Olford, wonderful Baptist preacher. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. The three tools of a father, a father's walk, a father's work, and a father's words. I'm going to pray the blessing. And then after we pray the blessing, if you do need more, we've prayed for people, but if you want prayer, you want to come and pray. If you need to make things right, they'll be singing. Come on, do it. If you need prayer, you can receive it. But why don't we start out, men, why don't you stand? Why don't the men stand? If you're a male, you don't got to be a father. I'm praying for men. Let's pray for men. We're going to pray for men.
And I want you to do me a favor, though. I want you to join with me in this prayer. If you'll at least from your heart make an altar before the Lord here. Because we're going to offer ourselves to God. Amen? We're, 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 calling, we're, we're getting ready for service here. We're, 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 we're approaching the Lord. We're coming to the commander. Hallelujah. Man, you don't know how much this world needs you. This world's falling apart at the seams. Things aren't getting better. They're getting worse for the most part. We've got to do our part. We've got to do our part. And we're the most influential things God ever made. The man that walks with God. The man that walks with God. There ain't no more. And whenever God wanted something, he raised up a man. You go in that Bible, amen? He wanted a nation, he got Abraham. Isn't that right? He wanted to raise a faith, he got Joseph. He wanted a deliverer, he got Moses. He needed a conqueror, he got Joshua. He called a man. And God's calling each one of us to do our very best for God. To let him use us, we pray. Heavenly Father, we offer ourselves to you this morning a fresh offering of ourselves to seek you and to walk with you and to be the men you've called us to be. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless and help us to live as men of God, to lead, protect, and provide for our families, to be consistent, godly examples for our sons and our daughters. Father, use us to speak words that will build and bless and shape, direct the lives of those you've given us. And of course, Father, help us to be good sons and daughters. Father God, we want to walk with you. Help us to walk with you and properly represent you in this world. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, breathe a fresh breath of life upon your men. Fill them afresh. Give them a new strength. Give them a new joy. Give them a new expectation of faith and use them mightily in this coming year. Order their steps. Give them divine appointments and use their lives to do wonderful things, to be a conduit that you can speak through and touch through and touch this world through. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, God bless you. Amen. You may be dismissed.